Good morning, everyone. From the campus of Michigan State University, we welcome you back to another conversation about the second edition of the MSU Latinx Film Festival. My name is Rocio Quispe Agnoli, and I'm the host of Collaborative Edges, a series of podcasts about dynamic intersections across arts, languages, and cultures. This midwinter Michigan morning, we have in the studio Alejandra Marquez Guajardo, Assistant Professor of Gender and Sexuality Studies in Latin America and the Caribbean, and filmmaker Jose Luis Benavides, artist, writer, educator, and director of Lulu en el Jardín, a documentary that addresses LGBTQ plus issues through the lens of a personal story. Jose Luis is one of the guest directors in the MSU Latinx Film Festival. Welcome to our podcast series and to Michigan, Alejandra and Jose Luis. Bienvenidos. Gracias. Thank you, Rocio. Muchas gracias, Rocio. Before we start our conversation, um, Alejandra and Jose Luis, I would like to know about your experience in this uh, film festival, uh, since it's the first time for, the, for both of you here. How is it going and what have you enjoyed the most so far? Jose Luis. Well, it's been a pleasure. Um, I keep telling people that this is a real honor because it's the first time that the documentary has been received by a Latinx film festival and also a major university in the United States. So it's screened in many places before, but this is a first in these two regards. So it's an honor and Good. a really nice community. Good to hear that. Alejandra. And same thing. I'm really excited to be here, to be able to witness such an important festival for, for Michigan. Um, so far, I obviously really enjoyed last night's uh, film, and I also really enjoyed the reception that had Latin American music, which I thought was a really oh, nice touch. Oh, that was and lovely. Yes. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. So I'm really looking forward to the rest of the of the films and events. Yeah, uh, Jose Luis, let's talk a little bit about uh, the documentary that is uh, being shown in this film festival, Lulu en el Jardín. It was shown last night at the Lancet Salus Center. It's been called an experimental documentary project that explores a personal narrative very close to you. Could you tell us the story behind this film? Yes, yeah, so um, the story is about my mother and her, her life in the 70s, uh, soon after having immigrated from Mexico City, the family, to Chicago in the United States, and around that time she's still a teenager, she starts to come out as, as a lesbian. And so the family's a working class, immigrant, very Catholic, conservative family. And so they institutionalize her, thinking that that was their only option to cure her, essentially, of her of this identity crisis as they saw it. So she's suffering from depression and, and all these kind of body image issues at the time. And, and, and so the documentary takes all of her her inter interviews that I conducted with her to tell to tell this story, but in a way that that isn't perhaps as traditional as as you might see in a documentary. I use a lot of different archives from different various sources that are not quite traditional or expected, and and try to queer the archival history and relationship to to text and to psychiatry and to institutionalization and to memory in, in as many ways as I can throughout the documentary. And that expanded out into also being material objects that were for exhibition purposes. So the documentary in its making is also queer 
that it starts in pieces and fragments and reflects the ways that memory uh, are not quite so coherent and, and solid and linear. Um, as an introduction, yeah. That's yes, and you mentioned archive. Is it mm -hmm. an archive that you built, or are you also using uh, items from public archives? Yes, both. Okay. So the archives that I would create are, are things that are around more popular culture and ephemera of the time period, like music and, and creating an engagement through sound and poetry that I also had to, I wrote for the documentary. Uh, re we reenacted or recreated scenes from commissions and investigations of the same facility that my mother was in in the 70s that I found from archival uh, sources, ACLU archives at University of Chicago, uh, state archives in Illinois, Springfield, mm -hmm. different documents and, and, and things that, that piece together and got me inside the institution as much as I could in that way from a historical lens. But then also trying to not privilege those documents too much and privilege more my mother's narrative and voice. Okay. Um, uh, Jose Luis, um, we would like to know more about the techniques mm -hmm. that you have brought together in the making of this documentary. Techniques that combine, and we have already started talking about that, ethnography, archival work, uh, artistic genres such as music, poetry, sculpture, and photography. How do you bring them together and how is it working for the goal of your film? So I, I suppose I just saw the film as, well, I was doing it as a thesis work at, at UIC that I had to exhibit work in a, in a gallery. So the, the formation of the film as small sections of video art that were made to be exhibited in a gallery space alongside these objects, these interventions um, with photography, as you mentioned, and sculpture, and then these objects that I was creating too, like a chapbook of poetry, a vinyl record, a facsimile or a, fa a false false soundtrack for this documentary that I pieced together music from and made a mix. And so it, it exists in many different ways online as the mix, the mix is on, on SoundCloud. The, the poetry is in this chapbook or, and also in the film um, and creates sort of an experience that people could interact with all of these things in their own time and, and move from object to object in the same way that I see the movement through memory and through the his this history is, is not having been one story that was told all at once. I learned fragments of the story as yes. I was a teenager, and then I pieced together more, and I and then I finally decide to ask the hard questions, you know, on the interviews to to flesh out the whole story. Um, and so the interaction with objects is sort of a historical decision to reference the aesthetics and the time period and the images and the, the sounds and the colors, the palette of the 70s, which is very distinct, a lot of greens and oranges. And so the, the motif of, of the green takes over the film through, through, through the images and the things that I was consuming in the research. Was any of these colors a favorite color of your mother? Actually, yes. She is quite fond of the color green yeah. and nature in general. So, so I, I, it's an homage in all, in all ways. It's a, it's a retelling of her story. It is her story. And so I wanted it to be appeal to her as much as, as it could. Okay. Um, Alejandra, uh, you were last night at the presentation of the documentary and you introduced the work of Jose Luis to the public. As a specialist in gender and sexuality studies, uh, could you tell us ways in which your work and projects intersect with Jose Luis's uh, film? 
Yes, so we were actually uh, having a conversation on the way here, and so my work, my current project focuses on lesbianism in, and representations of lesbianism in contemporary Mexico, but I also find it important to trace back the representations of lesbianism to the early 20th century, and one of the things that we were discussing was this connection between lesbianism and, you know, the medicalization of lesbianism as a, you know, as a mental health problem or how it was perceived, you know, in the early 20th century. So I see that connection. I also find it very interesting, sort of that transnational uh, trajectory of, uh, you know, his, his mother in the documentary and how not only does she have to deal with all the stigma that comes from being from a Mexican background, but also the prejudice that she has to deal with as a Latina immigrant in the United States. So I'm also very interested in those issues of race, migration, and how that intersects with homosexuality or lesbianism. Yeah. Uh, there is another film that is going to be shown, uh, I think, uh, tomorrow or Saturday, that is Retablo. It's also the main uh, the main. Um, Theme. Well, there are several themes, but one of them, or the big revelation, is that one of the characters, one of the main characters, uh, is um, he, he's homosexual. And and then, what is interesting for me as a Peruvian, because it's um, it's a story that takes place in a rural community in the Andes, is um, the way the community, the, the the indigenous community, responds to that. And it is brutal, it is shocking, and it is real. It's not the matter of fiction in the 21st century. And it's painful and extremely sad. Yeah. And I won't say more because uh, <laughs> I'm going to spoil the experience uh, if, if you wish to, to see it tomorrow, to watch it tomorrow. Okay, uh, Jose Luis. What is uh, next in your projects? Uh, or, well, let's, let's first ask, what is next for Lulu en el Jardín? Uh, so the documentary isn't right now built to screen anywhere that I'm aware of. It's still up for submissions in some places. So hopefully, you know, we'll get fingers crossed, we'll get another screening. It's screened, as, I'm, as you might know already, uh, in Spain, in Mexico City, um, where I also had a solo show at Terremoto regarding the, the entire exhibition. Um, and it's also screened in Chicago various times. So the actually the p- parts of the documentary, though the video art kind of sections that are taken out of the entire documentary have, have recently sk- screened in, in Boston and uh, they were out in, in the, the, the West Coast. So it's funny that the that put the shorter parts of the documentary are getting more circulation, I feel, in some ways, because they're easier to fit into festivals than perhaps a 50 or a full feature length documentary. Um, it's like um, certain pieces that have a punch no? yeah. and touch the, yeah. the, the audience. Yeah. And they become kind of viral, no? These, uh, yeah, they have yeah. actually. They, have, yeah. they, were, they were picked up um, for, on publications online as well, so it's, mm-hmm. they're easier to circulate. And yes. so I appreciate that, that the documentary has these different ways of, of engaging audiences, whether it's online or in an exhibition or in a festival like this here in Michigan. Um, so just again, hoping that the, 
the, fe the feature gets to screen in other festivals soon. And um, for me personally, my own, my own work is, is, I continue to work in video. I, I work in, as a video artist or experiment, experimental filmmaker, experimental documentarian. Uh, and I'm working right now on, on work around the, the concept or the, the history of Aztlan as it relates to Chicano movement and history and identity formation and uh, where, where exactly it is. So mm -hmm. is the question. <laughs> so that's your next project, The History of Aztlan? Yeah. Yes. It's a video piece in the, in the making. Yes. Also, it's a documentary uh, in the documentary genre. Or uh, yeah, I like to blur those, those yes. genres of video art and experimental film or cinema and, and documentaries. So, and I think they already were. I think the history of documentary kind of already lends itself to experimentation and, and no one really knows a lot of the times where, how to define documentary. Um, it's been described as avant doc, uh, you know, as a new kind of category, not my work, but there are historians and, and art critics who situate documentary as already a part of a tradition of avant-garde cinema. So I like to just push in that direction. Um, and I'm actually working on a part two of the documentary about my mother, where it would tell the story of the 80s, the 1980s in Chicago, and what it was to be out um, after having left the institution and experiencing freedom, sexual liberation in the 80s, and, and, and the intersections of, of her experience with Latina gangs in Chicago and and also the nightlife, the music and culture of the 80s, which are a different palette, completely yes. different aesthetic than the 70s, right? Mm -hmm. so. uh, uh, Alejandra, is there anything else you would like to add to um, Jose Luis uh, filmmaking and the subject or make connections with other uh, uh, pieces of documentary film? Well, what I would... Uh, ask him to talk about is what we were discussing on our way here. So he mentioned the exhibit in Mexico City. And as someone that works with Mexico in these topics, I would love for you to discuss a little bit more how it was received and how you have worked in Mexico, you know, as someone who's Mexican-American uh, with these topics. Yeah. Uh, so I w the, as I mentioned before, the show was given opportunity as a, the first inaugural uh, exhibit of Terremoto's um, call, open call for work around archival investigations. And, and so they have La Postal, which is their, their exhibition space in their office at Terremoto. The magazine um, uh, provided this you know, honorarium and production costs to bring the exhibit or the work to their space. And we're very generous in, in also uh, helping with a screening that came later of the full documentary and, and transcribing the parts of the documentary that are in the exhibit to become, uh, you know, well, to have subtitles in Spanish. So the reception and, the, and being a part of Terremoto was, was huge for me. I mean, only a year or two after coming out of grad school with this work to have it received as a solo, my first solo show in Mexico City was tremendous, it was a real honor. And then also to see the kind of reverse migration of the story to going back to where it all kind of started and to see what, what um, the artistic and the intellectual and the queer and the women in, in Mexico, how they related to, to Lulu, to my mom, how they felt uh, any, any um, proximity or understanding of the experience and curiosity, I think. A lot of the, the curiosity might, might be just what is it like to have left and to be there 
like Mexico City and Chicago have a lot of connections and a lot of migration history. Um, but how much of that gets back here? It might get written about, talked about in the context of the U.S. in the context of immigration, but how much of that story goes back home to, to for people to hear and to, to process? Uh, so I think that that might be one of the major points of interest that I received from people. And I think everyone was really excited. I made so many contacts in, in, in El Defe that were video artists that I then would later screen their work. Maria Soso, uh, Sosa, Noe Martinez were artists that I, and Jorge Bordelo were artists that I, I met through this, this process and I showed their work in Chicago through a, a program that I run called Sin Cinta Previa, which is a Latinx video art screening program that I've created a couple, like you, we, two years ago, recently got a propeller grant for it, and we're going to continue that work of exhibiting artists um, locally and internationally. Um, that again, it's kind of hard to find situate places for video artists to screen their work. They don't get into the major festivals as much, and they're not traditional makers. So uh, the relationship has been really reciprocal and back and forth. And I've gone back and forth to Mexico through other friends that I've met um, who run Tlaxcala Tres, Ali and Clara, that have invited me to give workshops and seminars on racism in the United States and, and how Latinos and Latinx people are, are, are received um, in the United States. So it's just a constant flow as, as already the immigration and our patterns and histories have exhibited this back and forth, uh, being now kind of being in the economy as an artist is, is really nice. Good. Um, I'm afraid to say that we have to conclude this conversation now. At the same time that I want to thank our guests, Alejandra and Jose Luis, for their time today. We invite you to attend the 2020 MSU Latinx Film Festival today, Saturday and Sunday at various locations the Residential College of Arts and Humanities Auditorium, the MSU libraries, uh, uh, both at, in the MSU campus, the Lansing Public Media Center and the Robin Theater on Saturday, and the Celebration Cinema in Lansing on Sunday. For more information about the film festival schedule, visit msulatinxfilmfestival.com. For more information about Lulu en el Jardín and the work of José Luis Benavides, visit the Latin, Latinx Film Festival page and look for the schedule on Thursday, February 30, uh, 13th. I don't know, José Luis, if there is another source you would like to cite for oh, people to find your it's work. the same, joseluisbenavides.com, so they can see anything that I'm doing there. Good. And we hope that you enjoy the next days of the Latinx Film Festival. And Jose Luis, we hope to see you here, in uh, not only in Michigan, but in East Lansing at Michigan State uh, soon again. Thank you. Thank you, Rocio. Last but not least, the ideas and opinions expressed on this podcast do not reflect those of the College of Arts and Letters, any of our sponsors, or any official entities of Michigan State University. I also thank our technical producer, Daniel Trego, and today, Dante. Tune in for our next podcast.